0: Hi, welcome back after a long hiatus to Coffee Talk with Anna and Holly. I'm Anna. And I'm Holly. And we are going to sum up our favorite reads, or I should say some of our favorite reads from 2019 by picking out nine of them that
1: we really liked that we are going to share with you today. And if you follow authors, a lot of authors have done this. You know, um, Ellen Hildebrand just posted her nine today that I put on her Instagram page. Um, Libraries of Instagram shared theirs. So this is nothing new, but we thought it might be kind of fun for you to hear um, ones that we really like that we read this year.
0: And you've probably caught how much we love book lists. I love reading different lists, people's favorite books. I have subscribed to a couple different uh, book newsletters and I always get these you know top five books of the summer, top five books of fall, top five new releases. So hopefully we can send you some recommendations that you maybe haven't read yet.
1: Yeah um, okay so I'll start. So we each picked four and then we picked one that we agreed on for kind of our like the number nine one. So I'll start things off with Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Um, shoe dog is Phil Knight is the, um, the founder of Nike. And so shoe dog goes about his path of, you know, he was a runner and he ran for Oregon and, um, and it goes through his running career and how this development of this good shoe, um, which then developed into Nike because at that time years ago, there was only tigers. Tigers were like the big running shoe then. And, um, there weren't any other choices in the United States. And so he started developing shoes and, and came up with a Nike, um, and then it just talks about how he became this, you know, obviously bazillionaire right now. So, um, nonfiction book, very well written. I really enjoyed it a lot, obviously, because I have a running background, um, and enjoyed doing that too. But, um, I really like that one. So shoe dog by Phil Knight.
0: Okay. So my, I, my first one I'm going to talk about, and these are not in any order and make sure, as you know, that, our order here is totally random and the one that we picked as our together pick was the was just one that we both read that kind of overlapped on our lists. So, I'm not saying one of these is better than the other on my list, but first one I want to talk about is the novel Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. It actually is released tomorrow in stores and it was one of the most powerful books I've probably ever read and the crazy thing about it, it was so Light. The reading was so light. I started it and finished it 24 hours later, but it was so profound. So, just to give you a quick little recap of what happens starting on the first page, there is a black nanny who takes care of a white little girl for a white family. And the family has some kind of minor emergency late at night and asks the nanny to, to leave. It's a Saturday night to leave where she's at, come get the little girl head, just get her out of the house. So she takes her to this very kind of affluent white grocery store. And I don't want to say white grocery store, but that's how it's referred to in the text. And there's a confrontation security believes she's kidnapped the child and it starts off by showing the issue of racism and the different confrontations that minorities will face and the relationship of the nanny with the family gets more and more and more complex and it was seriously one of the best books i could not put it down so i highly highly recommend adding this to your list go request it from your library and give this one a read. So that is Such a Fun Age by Kylie
1: Reed. All right, the second one I'm going to talk about is called um, Once a Runner by John L. Parker Jr. Um, this book actually started off, the author of this book brought this to races and sold it out of his the chunk of his car. Um, but the story is fictitious. It's a character um, that he his goal in life is to run a sub-four minute mile because no one has. And so, I mean, now they, they have, of course, but, but years ago they hadn't. And so he joined or he goes to college. It's like Southwestern university. Again, it's a made up college. And, um, and he goes to college with his goal of running this sub for mile, like to, to have this record. And um, anyway, he goes to college. He, he trains and trains and trains actually ends up getting kicked out of college because of a, um, a fight that he was a part of and he still continues his life training to to reach this um, one of his friends kind of continues to train with him and help him and so he's training on the side but the thing that i love is if you are a runner you know the obsession of running and and, it's, and if you're not a runner you think runners are crazy and it's true but but if you're a runner you understand that, like, I got to get my run in and then you get done and you time yourself and you're like, OK, next time I got to go faster or I have to go longer or I have to go harder or there's always this this goal, you know, whenever you run. And so um, so this one really hit home again because I could relate to it. I mean, obviously not the four mile, you know, the four minute mi- you know, mile, but just the idea of of the obsession that it becomes with. So Can we do double the four minute mile. Um, probably not probably no (laughs) maybe back in the day like actually yeah maybe then but I no, not now so once a runner John L. Parker Jr. check that one out
0: okay so my next one is just mercy by Brian Stevenson and I I read the young adult adaptation I wanted to see if it would be a good read for high schoolers and I'll let you in on a secret it is and I have not read the full original adult version of Just Mercy, but I can see how it would be pretty difficult for a young adult audience to read. So basically, Brian Stevenson is a lawyer and he is, he kind of goes into his career wanting to help the disadvantaged and wanting to help the wrongly accused. And he ends up using that inspiration to help as many people as he can. He forms his own a company, I guess, his own practice, I should say, and his stories will infuriate the reader. And when I read this book, I, I'm i not a book crier. I really don't cry in a lot of books. I'm a movie and commercial crier uh, with, with sad music, but with books, I just don't. But I had tears, not streaming down my face, but just very slowly leaking out of my eyes. As I read this, because I was so disgusted by the racism and by our judicial system. And once you really understand what may be going on, it is infuriating. So the movie's coming out. I don't know if any of you have seen the preview. It has um, Jamie Foxx and Michael B. Jordan. It looks fabulous. So I highly suggest that as a read, whether you choose the young adult one. If you read the young adult adaptation, you'll get through it pretty quickly. It looks like the um, full adult version is quite a bit longer, Uh, probably more complex. The uh, font is much smaller and there's a lot more pages. So it's kind of up to you what you (laughs) what you're in the mood for.
1: (laughs) Pick. All right. My next one. I'm changing my mind. Um, I am going with Into Thin Air by John Krakauer, another nonfiction one. Um, I love nonfiction. It's probably almost my favorite. I don't know. I mean, I need to sway away from it, too, but I love it. Um, Into Thin Air is about John Krakauer's um, quest to um, get to the top of Mount Everest. And so it talks about um, just who he had to, you know, contact to to make this trip happen. Um, he actually ended up being like a, working on um, like his whole thing was he wasn't going to write a book, but he was there to help. Kind of go through the process of like what it takes to to be a climber, um, and the sherpas that help you and everything that you go through and how you start off in your first climb of courses to base camp, and then you just kind of keep going on up and stopping along the way. But um, it was absolutely heartbreaking, and I like different than Anna in the respect of like I had tears in my eyes too, um, like flowed because it just it was unreal the the mental part of it, I suppose, because it's freezing cold. They at times didn't have food. They, I mean, you have to sleep in a tent. You have, I mean, all these things that, and I don't mean a tent like nice weather, out. like it's 55 below and, and windy and, and you can't like you're using rope to make sure you're connected to people and stuff. But it's um, it was very, that was a hard one to read. And it also made me think about why anybody in their right mind would ever want to climb Mount Everest. Like I I can't imagine why they would ever do that and put their life at risk like that because whew, it was a tough one, but into thin air, John Kockauer.
0: Okay. I'm going to jump in with my next one, which is the Stationery shop by Marjan Kamali. And this book came out this year. And if any of you have read kite runner, it, it, it's a similar story. In the fact that you have war tearing apart a community and then war tearing apart, in this case, a relationship. And I I absolutely loved Kite Runner and kind of thought I will never find another novel that will speak to me like Kite Runner did. And I was wrong because Stationery Shop, I absolutely devoured. The story is beautiful, even though it is so heartbreaking. This was a book that I, I shut like I finished the final chapter. I read the epilogue and I just sobbed reading the epilogue. It it was another crier. So clearly I'm seeing a theme <laughs> here that I don't really cry mm-hmm. in, but I seriously don't. I know you're probably thinking, yeah, right. You just said you've cried in two, but I, I, I think the Nightingale was the last time I cried mm-hmm. in a book. And that was mm-hmm. probably a four years ago when I read that. So uh, but The Stationery Shop, it is beautiful. It is a love story. It is a war story. It is a redemption story. And you will be so happy you read it.
1: All right. So my fourth one, again, nonfiction I'm going with, um, Becoming by Michelle Obama. Um, after I read this one, I just loved her even more. Um, what she had to persevere and and how she had to get through life and the things she had to overcome. Um, I, I don't know. There's just I don't know how you describe it. It was just it was so wonderful. Good. It was wonderful, and it, it makes you, as a woman, kind of relook at at your life and what you've done and and what goals you have and what you can accomplish. Because she just is so inspiring that way. I mean, she just has such a strong heart for for women and for young girls and to go after their dreams and and don't think that you can't do anything you want. I mean, I know that's kind of cliche, but she's the epitome of it, and she. It's beautiful. Like that's when I will go back to and read. I don't know if I read it every year, but every couple of years for sure. It is beautifully written. I mean, who knew she could also write because oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, She is. Um, so it really does. Um, it talks about her life and what she had to go through to get where, where she is today. And I mean, she mentions Barack Obama, of course, and her family, and that's a huge part of her life, but that's not what this book is about. I mean, the book is about her and, and, and her struggles and things she still struggles with today and all that. So beautifully, beautifully written. So, And
0: if you're feeling any um, disillusion with our political world right now, this is a good book to read because you see her mission and her vision and she will never run for president. Not to spoil anything, but she flat out says that in your book. Yeah, um, And you'd know that if you follow her in any other platform. But it, just seeing her vision and and what she wants this world to be like is very, very hopeful. It is. So I loved, I agree with you. Yeah, That's beautiful. a fabulous pick. Yep. And unlike Holly, I'm not a huge nonfiction reader but that was one that I absolutely loved. Okay. So my last one I want to talk about of my picks is the giver of stars by Jojo Moyes. It's her new book that Mm -hmm. came out this year and I absolutely loved it. If you had given me this book and it had no cover on it, I would never have guessed it was her just because the story is so different from the other stories of hers that I've read. And she had to do just an amount, immense amount of research to write this because she's writing about kind of the, the Hills, the Appalachian Hills. And back in a time when there wasn't a library and the library was a mobile library that these women rode horses to go deliver books to these families, basically up in the sticks. And it, it was so good. I loved it so much. It was Historical fiction, but it was drama, and it was it was beautiful. It was slow. I will say it was slower than some of her other books, but it was.
1: That makes me happy because it's on my stack at home to read. So
0: it's so good.
1: Okay, so what we're gonna do is we have one more to talk about, but we will also post. Like I will post my top nine, and I will post her top nine. And then we'll put it on our Instagram page too, so you can see the nine of them, because we just did nine collectively. So the one we chose red, white, and royal blue. Um, McQuiston is the last name. Yeah. McQuiston.
0: I do not know the first name. I feel
1: like it's. I'm going to look it up quick as we're talking here. But adorable.
0: Um, So sweet. Okay. So red, white, and royal blue takes you into this hypothetical world where our presidents son falls in love with the son of the queen or the grandson of the The grandson Grandson of the queen. Yeah. And we see this cute, adorable romance and it makes you feel like we have a Royal family in the
1: United States because we're following this relationship. Well, this very um, secret relationship because they start off not liking each other at all. Yeah. And, and then over time,
0: it was a really, really fabulous story, and it was actually one of Goodreads, or not Goodreads. No. it was one of the yeah. Goodreads nominations. Yep,
1: but um, it won.
0: Yeah, one. won. That's right. Yeah, but it was a book of the month pick for December. So the author
1: is Casey McQuiston. Casey McQuiston. Okay, Casey McQuiston. Casey McQuiston.
0: Casey um, McQuiston. Highly recommend that one. So, just to kind of give a little farewell here. This was tough to pick only four to talk about. And one of our deciding factors in what we did or didn't mention were books that we may have already talked about. So there are some really fabulous books we read this year that we've already mentioned that we decided not to add into our top
1: four. But they'll be on your top nine, maybe. So, like, you will see some that you're like, oh, I remember them talking about that. I just didn't want to talk about it again because they were furtherly discussed. Same.
0: And if you you know, remember, think about this list. Remember, it's totally random. We didn't save the best one for last. We threw these out completely at random. There is no one through nine. It was too hard to do that. So check out our Instagram page, check out our recommendations for you. We are excited for a brand new year, some brand new books. We both met our Goodreads goal of how many books we were going to read this year. So we're kind of at that point where Let's say farewell to 2019. Let's bring in 2020. And we can't wait to see some of these new releases that are going to be coming
1: out Excited. this year. Excited. And there is a book giveaway. So if you go like our Instagram page, start following us and tag three friends, you'll be eligible to win the Christmas town by Donna van Leer Cause she's my new little obsessive author regarding Christmas. So
0: yes, go check that out. Thank you for listening. Remember to like, like, Review and subscribe if you have not done that already. We appreciate your following and we will catch up with you
1: soon. Happy New Year.